Well, good, mo- good afternoon on this uh, Christmas Day, December 25th, 2011. Sitting here, just kind of pondering the Lord, walking around. First, got to share a praise report out there. No big greed that, as I sit here in this trailer, um, just the Lord and I, it's Christmas Day. Haven't let the propane run out ignorantly. Not able to cook a hot meal, so but praise the Lord. The hot meal that I truly desire, I'm able to uh, partake in, and that is the bread of life. In the living waters, water, living waters flowing through. Uh, just had a awesome conversation with a uh, sister in Christ. Shared a lot of similar testimonies, similar to fellow Yankee. I said that for a brother out there. Yes, we're all over the place. And God is saving in the Northeast. So, maybe I should pray you, brother, get sent to the Northeast. And you become a Yankee. That was humor. But anyways, that was a blessed conversation. And I praise God for it. It was just encouraging. Somebody that, at least, sounds like they're interested in the Lord out there and Obeying the Lord and what you know is humbled in spirit. Now I don't see them all the time. It's the first I've seen her this whole time. Her husband was just like relaxing out there. Um, and we were sitting outside playing with the dogs. Um, but that was just a blessing right there. Something interesting just popped in mind when I was reading over in Ephesians just now. Let's kind of take a look at something. This again, I'm using the NASB version. Um, let me read from Isaiah chapter seven fourteen. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. And of course we know it was fulfilled as written by most of the prophets, but by, I mean, most of the uh, gospel writers are for in one way or the other. But Luke explains it the most over and to that same very thing. Of how God himself was born as we were born in the flesh but not of the flesh. Because uh, we know we sinned the moment we were born in that way. Whereas Jesus never sinned. Because he was uh, the sacrificial lamb, the final lamb. Uh, and the only lamb that washed us clean. And that hopefully we are rejoicing today and it is that fact that we are celebrating and it's not just in his birth but also in his death on the cross for our sins and for us individually and for the sins of the world and his and his resurrection and his ascension and he was and where he sat back down back down on his throne at the right hand of the father and we sat down and says that it's finished at finished the cross. And it was finished when he sat back down. And that, do we remember, as written in Ephesians chapter 2, that now, for us that have believed in him by faith, are seated with him. So when things begin to go wrong, or when the ministry that he has entrusted us, whatever it is, um, begins to go a little shaky, more likely, not always the case. There may be a little shake-up, or maybe just it may be 
uh, some tribulations which he is taking us through. He does do that. But it may be in most cases when it begins to go a little dim. It's not him that got up and moved. It's us that moved too soon. Or maybe us that moved too late. He may have gotten up to go over to a particular region, a particular city, or a particular area. Um, or a particular portion of Dubai to say, hey, children, wake up before it's too late. Before I come and remove your candlestick. And that warning is in Isaiah. I mean, it's in the book of Revelation. Isaiah. I'm staring at Isaiah. That's what I'm saying. It. Excuse me for that. It's on Revelation. He will do it. He's done it. We know what churches look like after he's removed his candle. And don't think we see too many churches that actually get that candle back. That becomes very scary. Picture what the church you are sitting under currently today. Temporary church you're sitting under today would look like if the Lord, he may have already done it and you're not noticing it. But he's closer to removing candles. It's light from some churches in this world in America. He's already removing, removed it from churches in Europe. And you can see what they look like now and what they're beginning to preach. There are churches in America that he's doing that to. Some of those churches, there are more churches that are close. That wasn't the message that I was, by my heart, that just came out for a reason. Let's pray for those churches that they recognize that they're in jeopardy, that they begin to hear the Lord again, His warning to say, repent and turn back towards Him, the first love. But anyways, let me look at that one. And let me go ahead and read another uh, passage for you, Hamlet. Okay, along with that Isaiah 7.14 verse, I also want to read John 3. 3, chapter 3, verse 3, Jesus answered, this is him talking to um, one of the religious leaders that should have known better, because he was a ruler of the Jews, Nicodemus, which says, Jesus answered and said to him, truly, truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And it's also kind of affirmed it again. Uh, what Jesus answered says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is, this is verse 5, one is born of water and, not or, not an option, and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. <coughs> Excuse me. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born, this is verse 6. <coughs> Excuse me. Born of the Spirit is spirit. We'll go ahead and, uh, next verse, jump over to Ephesians here. Context is Paul was telling, telling the Ephesian church that you know he's bound before the Father, encouraging them that in his tribulations on his on their behalf was for their glory, um, and reminding them that every family in heaven and on earth gets his name gets their name from the Father. Um, and of course it goes on even further on that one. But the verses believe the Lord would have his ponder today in relation to what he has he's getting ready to say is verses seventeen through nineteen. So that the church so that whew, uh wait a minute. Let's go ahead and go back to 
verse number 16. This is chapter 3 in Ephesians 3, 16 through 19. I'm going to read. It's that he would grant you, this is he, the Father, grant you, this is the believer, this is us believers, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his Spirit, I'm talking the Holy Spirit, in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breath and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. What the Lord kind of briefly put up on my heart, this shouldn't be a long message, um, is in the same way, now today we're celebrating Christ's birth today, but as He reminded us in, through the Facebook comments, through those passages there, that is, we really should not just celebrate just His birth, because it's His whole work that we should rejoice at. Yes, He was born in the same way that He came down to us. Again, we have the only God in the world. Even though the others call themselves gods, you know they're not really gods. I mean, they're just, they're false gods. They're just, they're just pieces of wood or pieces of metal. You, unfortunately, in America, our houses and our cars and even our jobs have become gods. They're gods that don't give back to us. He's the only God that laid down His crown on His throne and came down to us, hugged us, and to this day He still does, and He wants to still do that to those in the world through us. But we have to submit to do it. But in the same way Jesus, God sent the Father to be born physically on this earth, He also sent him at Jesus' request through the Spirit and by the Spirit to indwell each one of us by the Spirit. Now we know that's not a physical one because we can confuse that or we may want to confuse that with being like possessed. You're not locking a possession. That's us inviting Jesus into our, our spirits to dwell not just in us but through us. That could be another message as far as pruning, like when he comes in. When you move into a new apartment, or if you're blessed financially in order to buy a new building, uh, or not a new one from the ground up, say buy somebody else's home, you're going to go in and probably, well, you're going to clean it at first, even though they may have already cleaned it. Um, but you're still just out of just out of habit you're gonna go in and clean it you're gonna go and maybe paint it if you didn't like the colors you know if the landlord permits you you know they may only want you to do a neutral color but you still may paint it again you may hang up some pictures if you get permission uh, I mean if you're renting if it's a home if you want to do that for that remember you're not gonna be in that home for the rest of your life because any home down here is not forever our home in heaven will be forever. 
And it won't be a physical home. we got to remember that. But in the same way Jesus was born down here, he just wasn't born down here. He was still fully man and fully God. We, unfortunately, don't have that one. We're fully man or woman. You know, I can use a man as the Bible does in a sense where um, it's a non-gender. It's just man in a sense of human race. But so nobody gets confused, I'll use the term man or woman just so we can all be on the same page. But in the same way Jesus was born in that one, he needs to be born in our hearts. And that's what it is to truly believe in him. You're asking Christ here, come and dwell with us and in us. Some just want Jesus maybe to come down here again so we can physically see him. Remember how many people rejected him when he was down here. Very few people, they physically were blessed to see him. Can you imagine what that was like? Can you picture for a second? Don't go too deep in that vi vision, by the way, because that could be dangerous. But can you picture if you were alive 2,000 years ago, and even being blessed to be one of the disciples to be walking him, yeah, your legs would be, and your feet would be tired, probably soaking them in some ice water out there, um, or in the Jordan, or Gal Galilee, wherever they were, in one of the rivers. But imagine seeing him physically. Would that make you believe even more? Yes, we believe by faith, but we know that one day we will stand before him and we will see him. Finally, that faith will become real. Now we can touch him in the spirit by the spirit. But one day, for us that are part of the Bible, but truly believers, that we will see him. But he's got to go not just from what we celebrate today, a physical birth, he's got to come and dwell in our hearts. He's got to come in there. Yes, he's going to come in. He's going to clean out some stuff. He's going to repaint the walls of our soul. Obviously, stuff that got graffitied over. We all know graffitis you want to cover up. We may have even done good. I'm sure I've done it. Written on the walls. You know, we go in and use the facilities when we have to go to the restroom. Probably more for us guys than you gals. Because we got some sicko guys out there that's done it. Uh, you ladies ain't that innocent out there. I've never seen the ladies' room unless I've had to clean it like a Burger King out there. But I think this is more of a guy train, unfortunately. You don't need, if you're a Christian, we shouldn't be doing it at all. You know, we shouldn't want to look at it. That literally should offend us now because it offends God. What offends him, it should offend us. We can't do nothing about it. We pray for that person and say, Lord, the same way that we used to do that and you forgave us, forgive them. But we need to let Christ, we need to celebrate that now he is born again in our hearts. He's living inside of us now. We need to understand what that means. This is his temple. God doesn't come and dwell in temporary church buildings, religious buildings. Because remember, he's still God. These temporary vessels are called our bodies. Can't even contain him. Because he's going to come through eventually. He's going to burn out of us by looking at us, by speaking to us. Eventually, what is not pleasing for him. When he comes, you know, just think if you go into an apartment, move into a new apartment, and... There was holes in the walls that the landlord just didn't fix. 
he'll let you, he'll trust you're going to fix it. You're not going to leave that home. You're going to put a little temporary patch, go down to Home Depot, or even Walmart sells that stuff cheaper, Home Depot or Lowe's, and put a temporary patch just so you're not looking at or put a painting over it. Whatever. You're going to, or a poster or whatever to cover up because you don't want to look at another home. God does the same thing when he comes and dwells in us. You know, when he comes in by the power of the Spirit. That was, it is that power, it is his power, his voice, that as we're studying, as you students are studying for an exam, as for those of you that are getting ready to go into military, are stuttering, studying for the, stuttering, yeah, I do that too, studying to go into, to take that military exam, as long as you buy the book at Barnes & Noble, to help you study or CD-ROM if you do it that way you know the study guides are there as long as you look at that stuff and get that into your memory bank and ask God, God help it to come out when I'm sitting at the exam that's how you pass the exams it's not by your effort of studying the textbooks but you have to do that it's like his word we study his word to learn about him to hear him to learn who he is and what and it is through that study that the spirit grabs in grabs his word and brings it to memory in us when we don't study his word and we have a temptation come before us and yes in America the majority and in the world the majority of the temptations are physical they're sexual in nature we see it when we turn on a TV when we slip in a DVD you can't even buy it. there ain't really so-called Christian DVDs anymore to a point the devil has been able to use is able to utilize that to bring the memories but the more of Jesus we have dwelling in us through his work because remember that word's living because the word is him himself it's not just a physical book. We don't want to fall in love with the Bible as a book. We want to fall in love with the Bible as what it is. It's the Spirit of God. It's God Himself. It's His own words. It's about Himself. It's history and how it's being played out in us and through us. And how it's tra it is that the Spirit, that power is transforming us. So, as we, again, as we celebrate Christmas today and... This may be our last Christmas on earth. We don't know. Others are celebrating materialism. Look at even the way we can knock Catholicism as a brother in Christ posted something that I had already seen. I hope it wasn't supposed to be me to post it either. Maybe I'll slap myself. I asked God's forgiveness if it was supposed to be me. I ran into it just in passing. That same one where even the Pope says Christmas has become materialism. What is fearful now is that doctrine that I myself grew up in. Praise God, they're still praising Jesus. And as God, through the Apostle Paul, in one of his, in, in one of his letters that, that he was told to write to the churches, encouraged that as long as they're preaching Jesus, they may be doing it out of envy or out of greed. And there are many that we know, many, we know a ministry. You young people out there, you children in the faith, we know a ministry. And ministers out there that are only preaching to get money. To get more money. They may say, you know, to buy material things. I let you discern for yourself 
what was right and what was not, but as long as the name of Jesus was still being taught and being listened. So we got to be careful when we go against it. Even me, I'm guilty of it. When you look at other doctrines, we know the doctrines and denominations are not fully preaching right. But like I did mention the name of Jesus and this power in that name. He's going to turn it for good. He may shake up those that aren't preaching it right. Those that aren't preaching up the rapture, which will be a real event. It is occurring. It can happen any time now. It's taking the bride away. The more and more study, there are a part of the church that will be saved through that seven-year period, but they won't be partakers in a wedding. They've rejected in the, uh, the bride part of Christ. You can look at Revelation at the end of Revelation. I don't want to go deep in this one because God is still enveloping, still revealing that one and giving me understanding on that one. But you can look, there are some that won't go in the second death. They will live on the earth, but they don't come down with the bride of Christ. But they will forever, eternally be dwelling with new bodies. Yes, they will die. They will be killed for their testimony. Because they didn't receive the mark of the beast. So that there will be some that will be saved through that great tribulation period. And not just Jews. Because um, the great tribulation is to finish the transgression for the our first brothers, Israel. The twelve tribes. So that's for that one. That's another discussion. I won't get deep in that one. So we know there's going to be believers that will dwell on the earth. But they won't be part of the bride of Christ. Because that's clear in the book of Revelation. How they get there or where they... God hasn't shown that to me yet. We know it's in His Word. But if we're not ready to receive something in Scripture yet, then God will lead us up to that point. It's like us. When we go from kindergartner, kindergarten to our senior year, very rarely, if ever, will anybody in kindergarten be taught what's your seniors that just graduated this past that last June will talk they have to progress to that now we know the public school system is not necessarily teaching right you gotta get reading and writing I believe what needs to be taught reading and writing is the word of God and through that you will learn math skills you will learn how to read you know, a simple employment contract or whatever. Um, but we first have to get understand the complexities of how God, and it's not even complex, the simplicity actually, of how God becomes born again in us, born the second time. We have to learn to hear the Lord that's dwelling in us now. We, we have to look at our bodies as His temple, as His dwelling place of, and that's the three of them. One God with the Trinity. We understand how that is as believers. We have to comprehend to that. We have to come to that end of it first. That's where the transformation occurs. We can't do anything in the flesh any longer. The flesh has already been crucified with Christ, Galatians 2.20. We have to remember that. We can't follow the flesh. We're going to stumble as long as we're still in these bodies because we still have two waves of thoughts in there. The church in America has dropped the ball on that one. We haven't taught 
what it is to walk in the Spirit because they don't fully know. There are too many churches out there that have denied the power of God that won't let the Holy Spirit teach. There's so many preachers out there that figure if they study all their theological books, and it's easy to do because that's what most theological institutions, seminaries in America, not just but also world, but predominantly America, are doing now. They're teaching from man's end of it. Um, God, I think, also wants to warn us, too, that when we refer to one of the letters that God used Paul, the Apostle Paul to write, you know, Ephesians, Galatians, Corinthians, both letters, uh, we are re referring to, say, and we do it all the time, I do it myself. That is actually disobeying God. That's actually mocking God a little bit when we say Paul wrote or the books that I mean the letters that Peter wrote or James or Titus we got or Luke or Mark we got to be careful it's not those the writers and the respect that we need to be growing in are not the writers it's not their words if we believe in I believe it's first Timothy or the second Timothy I keep confusing that one no scripture where all scripture is inspired by God if we truly believe that scripture then it's really not Paul Paul was prayerfully and he had to grow into that like we have to grow into that was so full of the Holy Spirit when those letters were writing that God himself was telling him what to write and what to say. We need to get back to scripture on that one. I need to fully get back to it. That's an area we can, that's where we're so out of God, obligation to read the Bible. We're not looking at it, oh, well, Paul's saying this, and it is hard to, and we got to watch our translations. You're looking now, I notice now they're celebrating, what, 400 years of the King James Version. God is not necessarily impressed with any particular version. We gotta be careful. That new NIV version now has watered down what God says about the different sins. And the major one in this nation right now is homosexuality. Trying to water down to offend people. We as believers, Jesus was never intended to offend nobody. But just his very words were the words of truth, the words of life. We know this. And we know he offended. He offended. He didn't mean to offend it. They got offended. We were offended by Jesus when we first heard it before we believed. Because we wanted to live our way. When we commit a sin, when we stumble, whether it be fornication, and we all know what that means, having a child out of wedlock, we should be so filled with the Holy Spirit, God ain't going to condemn us and kick us out, but He is going to chasten us. Can we ruin His plan? We can cause it to slow down, but God knew that was going to happen. He knew everything. We can't surprise God. He don't change the plan. He already had provision for it. He knew Adam was not going to be the man of God that he intended him to be and stand up when his wife was being uh, when his wife was being uh, tempted and was getting ready to take the apple. True man of God would have heard the Lord. Now, back then, they were work, doing what they were supposed to do, working together. Because remember what the woman was created for. It was to help uh, 
the husband along the way. Not to just stay home, maintain a home. That ain't even in scripture. They went with the husbands because they were called together. They had different giftings because they're both children of God. If they're, we're not talking if they're not yet saved yet. That's another lesson. But that's God living through the two of them. You remember when Moses almost screwed up and forgot to obey a command of God. He wasn't here. God was ready to kill him. And it was his wife, Zipporah, that raised, that also heard God. And phew, she physically circumcised when circumcision was a mandate. Now it's no longer because now we're in Christ. Our circumcision now is of the heart. It's not a physical part of the body. Anymore, those days are gone unless we're living by the flesh. But now we're in Christ, that mandate is no longer there unless we want to live by the law. We don't live according to the law, we live according to the Spirit of God, which dwells within us. Remember, He wasn't dwelling, He only dwelt in the prophets back then, in certain individuals like, well, they're pretty much prophets Moses, uh, Abraham, or whatever. Uh, who up, David, uh, all of them. David took him in and said, and He was filled with the Holy Spirit. But that sin caused him no longer to hear. That's when another brother or another sister. That one needs to be done today too. It could be me. When another one is in disobedience. God sent him with a word. David was in two disobedience. He committed adult. Actually probably three. He committed fornication. Sex outside of marriage. Because he was not married to Bathsheba. Committed adultery. Because both him and her were already married. Remember, Saul gave him his daughter because he beat the Philistine, Goliath. So that was adultery, and then he also committed murder. He misused his power. He sent one of his men, his good warriors, out there to die, attention because you know to cover his tracks. So he had at least three sins right there committed. God, he wasn't hearing from God. He was just going on out there. It's like luckily there was no wars coming out because God would have allowed a uh, defeat because of that. But instead he sent a brother in Christ. Back then it was the prophets. With a word from God. Not a word from man's wisdom. I've had brothers and their sisters come to me with man's wisdom. Man's wisdom don't mean jack. Man's wisdom don't transform. Man's wisdom, now certain things like pay your taxes. You know, this is how you fill out a tax form, which is a pain in the butt. Um, you know, God gives me enough for the basic one. That's why he enables me to assist a brother and sister in Christ every year. Just to fill out their tax forms and e-file a form. Uh, but I won't do that for a living. One, now the IRS says I can't do it for, for pay anymore. Unless I take a big exam, which I'm not going to do. I'm not called by God to do that. I just I have the software. Basically, they're doing it. I just know enough to make sure when that software screws up. God has given me that much of a wisdom. When that software makes an error, then I don't let that tax form go through. Then I contact them. I just need to recheck this law. And correct that program. Make if an update's ready, or if I misinterpreted, then it's it's straight. That but they're they're not gonna get audited. And I don't sign the tax form. I just sign it with them using it electronically. But anyways, that's a little off topic. 
But again, we need to get back to walking in the spirit. We need to get back that if there's a brother or sister that amongst our own family that we know has sinned against God, they have yet to repent. And it may be that when we commit that sin, if God was bringing two people together, that don't mean to try out the merchandise before marriage. You know, we're not buying a car or an RV or whatever else you would try out. You don't go into a Walmart store and play a video game before you buy it to see. You know, they allow that. It's there for a purpose to try it out. Um, and they know some people will not buy, but that's Walmart's choice. Other stores probably do it. And I, don't, I don't know. Some, I think uh, GameStop also does it. But a car is the biggest one vehicle where you test drive it first. Hopefully take it to a mechanic. But even that one's not going to be perfect. Because a mechanic's not going to find everything because they're, you know, the most mechanics. I've yet to make, make, meet a mechanic that's truly walking by the Spirit. I know mechanics that are believers, but they themselves have denied the power in their work. In their church area, they're walking by the Spirit. But in the work, they're not. Because God will know exactly how to repair a vehicle. And when the mechanic is truly filled with the Holy Spirit, they can seek the Lord. And that will be another testimony of God for that mechanic. When they fix it right and they fix it right the first time. You shouldn't have to go back five, six times to say, well, we got to try this. I thought that's what it was. we got to try this. And you having to shell out more money. That's the way they train mechanics in the world today. I know that one because that's another area that I've, the basic ones that I've allowed, I've been entrusted with a little bit, but not enough for salary-wise. Uh, same thing when preachers get up there. If we try and get up there and preach or teach in our own flesh, we ain't going to do it. We're going to fail instantly. And God actually will let us fail. Because he doesn't want us in that realm. We have to grow stronger in our born again, in our spirit, our walking by the spirit, than we are walking in the flesh. Now, we're going to walk in the flesh. He knows he's going to give these bodies need food to grow. They're not supposed to grow outwards. But that comes with exercise. That comes with just not, are you eating and just sitting? You know, when you're out of, out of work, are you just sitting around all day? Or are you getting out there, walking around, riding a bike, whatever you're, you know, it may just be walking in a park. You know, if you have children, you go out to the park and have children. If you got teenagers, you go out there and you, you attempt to shoot basketball. Now, y'all see me shoot basketball, you know I suck. But at least I try it. You know, you got an easy target and you're going to win. Unless I get lucky now and then and get a basket. That ain't skill, you know that. Same thing when you play a video game out there, you know, I may suck at that, but I'll out there try it because it gives me a chance because I really love, loved fellowshipping with y'all or playing games for you that may listen to this from the, uh, from, I want to say Wide Open Youth, I can't get used to the new name that you, the youth group essential. Remember when I played games out there, I sucked at most of the games, but it gave me a chance to fellowship with y'all and enjoy being around with y'all. And we never know how just that part there. That's really now when we think of it, yeah, the part of it may be walking in the flesh, but if we think that's actually can be walking in the spirit. Because we don't know how God may use that game time to bring a point of lesson and or a reminder.
for something learned. When we're playing games with our friends, God may use during, we say, hey, let's stop for a Gatorade or water or let's go get something to eat at McDonald's or whatever, or Burger King. God may use the time says, no, think about what we just did, that, that defense you did. You know, that may be the way God wants a defense to us. We don't know. Same with the football field. The goal, the goal in football is to score a touchdown. The score, the goal of the defense is to either cause the ball to be coughed up, get the ball back, and get a touchdown yourself. But Gemma wants to get the touchdown. If you're on the one-yard line, the goal of that, if the offensive team is on the one-yard line, the goal of defense is to stop them from getting in. In their own strength, they will never do it. You know, you got some big dudes that are on there uh, on those teams. Most of them probably can do it physically out there. But in their own strength, they can't do it. If God wants to allow them, he can let the smallest guy run up the middle. Or he can let the smallest receiver. Yeah, you got small receivers that were better than most of the biggest defenders. And you can name them because I don't go after names and stats. Uh, the goal of the Christian life should be... Unfortunately, it's not. Should be to walk so much in spirit in the knowledge and wisdom of God, hear His voice clearly, follow His straight and narrow path, and allow Him to use our testimonies to win people in. Our touchdown is when the loss comes to salvation. We get another brother or another sister in Christ. Um, a few brothers and sisters in Christ have been blessed with another child. Their current children now have a new physical sibling. But what better? When when the rest of the world was laughing and cheering at the death of Saddam, at the death of Osama bin Laden, we should actually be grieving to a point where he wasn't saved. Those guys were not saved. They stepped into eternity in hell. We ourselves deserve to be in hell. God did not have to save us. God doesn't have to save nobody. He could have created another. He could have destroyed us on the flood. And then just created those of love. But he didn't want to do that. He wanted one that wants genuine love. Genuine fellowship. When you love your wife. You love your girlfriend. You love your boyfriend. If it's genuine. You will take Whatever their idiosyncrasies are, whatever their stuff that they don't like, you take that with it. But you better be careful. You better make sure that it's God leading you. If God's not bringing two people together, then it's the devil. One or the other is bringing couples together. We want it to be God. We want it to only be Him. Because then that other private. Because remember, in a marriage... Two people in a relationship. Two people becoming one in Christ. That for you ladies. That is. that is, He is to be your brother for you guys. She is to be your sister in Christ first. Now that may sound a little sick. Brother sister Marion. That's that spirit thing. We need to get walk in that spirit we are. We know that's not a blood sister. So that's not a ugh, perverted ancestral type of thing. That's a brother or sister in Christ. They both have to have the same. We both have to have the same ideals. We both, Jesus has to be Lord and Savior of both of us. And we both have to be walking by the Spirit. Is one going to stumble and the other going to stumble? Not necessarily. 
Matter of fact, hopefully not. When one stumbles, the other one's to say, Why are you over there? You're supposed to be seated in Christ. God didn't tell us to go over there. He tells us to go over there. It's, ah, psh, yeah. God may use. That is the way both people. God ain't gonna tell one says, Yeah, I told you, and it's not. Yes, the man will be the main brother. The man will be the one that works with the hands first out there. We're both going with it. How many of those women worked when they were pregnant? Still went out there. There was nothing in scripture that said God has just chosen one. He chose both. We have turned it saying, oh, God has to, you know, the man has to be making six figures to have as a big, nice house. That is not what 1 Corinthians chapter 7 teaches. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 is regarding sexual relations with your wife. Neither party should have withheld. That was the need, basically, to provide. can only be done in marriage. When it happens outside of marriage, we stepped ahead again. We stepped ahead again. It may have been that that may be your partner. Or it may now have to be. God did not orchestrate Households being run by one parent or another. I mean, other than a widow. You know, if one dies more time or whatever, or just, just dies for whatever reason, gets murdered or whatever. Uh, but again, we gotta watch the spirit. That marriage couple, the big $10,000 marriage ceremonies, none of that's in scripture. None. The only wedding it describes will be have a big banquet is what will be our wedding when we marry the Lamb of God, uh, our bridegroom. Because remember, we will be, you know, us who are true believers, born again, walking by the Spirit, truly wanting to see the Lord come in the clouds and catch us away so we can come down with Him as the bride of Christ. Um, that is what we should be looking for. That should be our main goal for Jesus to come and take us home. The cameras out here, but while we are here, we are not to dwell upon this earth for the sake of making money, for the sake of having things. We are not our brother in Christ shared a false teaching that he obviously has been taught with all his life, saying we are here to work, save, and give as the Lord leads. There's nothing in scripture about saving. When God gave the manna, they were not to save it for the next day. You know, when we got our freezers to store meat, you know, to eat, maybe have a meal one day of the week, we're actually disobeying when we do that. Now, we do that so we don't have to go to the store. We have to go to the store every single day, you know, after we get paid so we can buy food. That part is a little bit different situation, but back then they don't. What God gives us each day, first of all, He gives us Himself. We ought to share that in work. Employers may say no, but God will provide a door to do it. I've seen it done. I've watched them do it at CMS. That was one of the reasons I hiddenly got fired, but they can't fire me for that. Because that's illegal. Because they couldn't find anything with the quality of my work. I couldn't find... God allowed me to meet my deadlines every single month. Plus allowed me to assist my co-workers with meeting their deadlines every single month. And God still, I believe, to this day, saved, I don't know, at least one teacher. I don't know how many. I won't know that until we get to have it all together. And they come up to me and says, thank you. No, we're going to thank Jesus. 
I believe that he saved because I was obedient and heard his call and boldly in the spirit spoke about him gave him all the glory while I was performing the work that your workplace is to be like an evangelistic field is not just a place to earn a paycheck it is an evangelistic field entrusted by God the work will get done when you obey God when we obey God nobody will be offended no work schedules will be messed up when God is in it and people, well, they either come to Christ or it may just be watering. It may just be a planting. We don't know. When we're walking by the Spirit in our workplaces. I worked around older baby boomers. Now, I'm seeing the baby boomers, what they're doing. They are, they have the mentality now. A lot of these, most of these retirees don't need the money. I can see them when I work, so they don't get their brain flaps a little bit, but they're only working to keep their lifestyle. They figure, I worked for 30, 40 years, I earned, and I deserve. That's the mentality I got. There's a preacher from the 1960s that said, America, use the term, America wrote a blank check. I'm not going to dwell on it beyond that. Many of you know that quote, blank check, and now it's time to pay. Now it's the first of money. There is no, they're not deserving. Those people, that preacher, not deserving. None of us are deserving. We weren't even, we're not even, we don't deserve to go to heaven. We're going to heaven because we believe in the Lord Jesus and He is worthy. He's deserving because He loves us. His grace and His mercy. He offered it, we accepted it, and we want it every single day. So, again, we'll leave our down one. So let's get back and we, as we celebrate today, um, as we celebrate today, um, Jesus' birth. Let us also celebrate our, His second birth in us too. His sending the Holy Spirit. Let us also remember that. Let's also remember that we are also we actually, <coughs> we ourselves as believers have gone through two births. Our physical births, which we celebrate every year. I celebrate on November 2nd. Those um, young people forgot me this year. You didn't even say happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm done. little humor there. Didn't mean for condemnation. <laughs> that shows you maybe you don't love me anymore. Uh, but I'm kidding on that one. Uh, my mom celebrates it on the same day. Different year, obviously. Um... We, cel we celebrate Jesus' physical birth here on the earth. But they should all go together. I mean, he demonstrated, he said that. And he, we also, if we are genuine believers, went through a second birth. We went through a born of the Spirit. Jesus says, as a reminder, that I'm back with the Father. I'm back on the throne. This is when I send the Holy Spirit. He has sent him now. And he's come to dwell in us, so... Yeah, they may be, well, they're spirits. You know, just right now, they have spiritual bodies right now. And they may be sitting on thrones, but they're not just on thrones. They're dwelling in us. Because we're seated in Christ now. If we're genuine believers in Christ, we got to remember our place now. 
We're no longer earth dwellers, so to speak. Yes, we may be walking and living down here, you know, making our dinners or going to a restaurant or whatever. Um, I can't make a dinner today. I ran out of propane. I'll eat a peanut butter sandwich or cereal later. Praise God. You know, the restaurants are closed. But that's still a blessing. Uh, I'm fixing to go out and look for one. Uh, I heard as a Hardy's open. But anyways, that's the humorous I now. When I was a dummy, I let the propane go out, and that's my food. That's my cooking. But anyways, praise God on that one. Got it working for good. Um, but we need to remember that. If you're not sure if you experience that second birth, then ask God to remind you. Go back to John. Go back to it. The second birth is what gets us into heaven. Not the first birth. When we believe in Jesus, that second birth, you genuinely believe in Him, receive Him. He comes in and lives us. He dwells. This is another temporary dwelling. This temporary dwelling will be lifted up one day and will be changed. I mean, any of us are here. Go we'll see your pastor that talks about it. You... You can contact me. I mean, my work schedule is going to be night schedule still this week through the month of January. I don't know where I'm going after that. I may, I don't know. God's put by my heart. The, there's a particular church church of God that's looking for a pastoral intern. God, I believe it's in the inner city. God may be leading me there. Young people know what God has given me the heart for y'all. I wish I could just scoop y'all up and take y'all up there. With me, and we'll be go serving the guy out there. Some of you may be called to come in a. Let's go serve Jesus in that area, you know, and tell him what God. Let God. Let the people see what God is doing through us and in us. That's our testimony. Our testimony is his testimony. But if you're not sure, you got to get that born again. Nicodemus didn't understand, and he was a religious leader in John chapter 3. He didn't know what that meant, and he, you know, the rulers back then, they studied the scriptures, the scrolls back, it was scrolls back then. And he never heard of it, he didn't believe it, he didn't see it before. And he studied it, and he was teaching the people. You got pastors in this nation that don't believe that. They have not grasped that because they don't have the power of it. Some may not even be saved, that's scary, I hope they all get saved. But what grieves God's heart must grieve ours if He's living in us. I mean, we got it. What He hates. Notice I said what, not who, because He doesn't really hate anybody. Except maybe the devil, but He really doesn't hate him because He knows what, you know, what's in Him. There's no truth in Him. He knows where He's going. The devil knows where He's going. He knows that he's already rejected God. He can't be saved. He's done. It's like Judas. There was no repentance for him because he tried to go to man for confession. And it was God he needed to go to. He may have been able to. I don't know. We'll never know that. So, or at least we'll never know that this side of heaven. But we for ourselves. We've got to stop living for ourselves. We've got to stop making our paychecks just for ourselves. We've got to stop... Serving ourselves. It's not about materialism. We gotta be given Jesus. This world, this nation needs Jesus again. And He's in us dwelling. We gotta let Him shine Himself out. I have to do it. God can use an unsaved person as well as a saved person to correct us. If we see a brother or sister 
we should never be so busy to stop fellowship is not just those that go to your particular church that is not the body of Christ one particular religious doctrine, one particular religious building. Fellowship is not just with those that go to your particular church or those that are wealthy in your particular circle or those that are poor. The body of Christ is just that. It's worldwide fellowship. If there's an opportunity, if there's a Facebook opportunity, an email opportunity, if there's an opportunity God opens up for us to go to another nation and fellowship with those that we ourselves could get killed because we preach Jesus, because we're worshiping Jesus, then so be it. One part of me, I would love to go to uh, Indonesia and just worship God with, by the power of the Spirit. That's illegal to worship God in Indonesia, per the government. But we're going to worship what we hear, what we know, and who we love. It's going to come out. Nobody, man can't stop us. They'll try. They can put in prison. They torture physically. And it should never stop us. If we have a genuine love for Jesus. If our friends are willing to say, man, I'm not in that Jesus stuff out there. It's just like, I mean, stop talking about Jesus out there. We should never stop. We need to be willing to lose the name. Didn't were meant to be our friends. But they are meant to see that we genuinely love. That's where we're being mocked. In America right now. Because we claim the name of Jesus. But we're living the life of a world. We're going after money. We're going after greed. We think protesting is the way to go. God don't say protest. He says pray. But when we pray. It shouldn't just be us speaking. Never. Prayer is actually... Talking to God, but also listening, more listening to God. He's going to speak to us through prayer when we're listening. If we're just going with a list of things, I'm guilty of this. I have a few needs that I know God wants to meet. I have to shut up and listen. We keep going when we intercede for others. Our problem is we think that's obedient to God. We have a main advocate, each of us, automatically. So we don't need really any more advocates for God. But he does want us to come and pray for others. But we should be praying his will be done. My need, he may want to meet it in a more grand way. I really don't want to. I want just most basic, simple need. Only God knows the need. And God's going to meet the need in His timing and in His way. I need to ask you when you pray for God to give me more patience and to be more still before Him when I work. We all need to get rid of one sin, but it's not a sin that keeps that will put us into hell. It's called the sin of complaining. It's not a sin that will keep us out of hell. Not a sin that will um, draw us away from God. But God doesn't like it. I'm big guilty of that all the time. I see still. So, most of you know, I am not perfect. The closer we get to that light, to the glorious light, who is God Himself, the more we should see our need for Him. The more we come to Him in the Spirit, the more we should see our weaknesses. That's why a lot of people in church don't want the Holy Spirit being the controlling power. 
because it shows weaknesses. And our colleges teach, heck, our ministries. Unfortunately, we have American ministries that teach that we are not to be weak. We are to be strong. We are strong only in Christ. That is actually a sin in disobedience. And that actually is from the devil. Now, that may lead us into hell if we keep preaching on that line. Only because it causes people to look at themselves. You look at Matthew chapter 4, 1 through 11, and Luke chapter 4, 1 through 11. It's amazing how the devil tempts us with fleshly things. Actually, I got two prayer requests. One that I really need. I'm contented at one of them. At circumstances remaining this until the Lord comes. Contented in my current state. One I really need. One I believe God is leading. God himself is leading me into. And leading somebody else into. That may have given it away. Or may not have. I had the same desire a lot of you young people have. One part of me, I don't want to stay single on my life. I don't like being here. I am Christmas Day. I know I'm not alone. I know God is with me. But I'm alone physically. I mean, yes, I got people surrounding me. But I have nobody to talk to. Oh yes, I, I'm contented with talking with Jesus all the time. And I know He hears me and to listening. I'm weak in the spirit right now. Because my body is weak. I just got done working. Well, I worked 40 hours last week because they started slowing down. But I, when I looked at my paycheck, yeah, it was good. Yep, Uncle Sam's going to say good too. And so is the state of Kentucky. They're thanking me. Because they can get their six-figure salaries um, for another month. Many taxes. However, that destroys the body. That will hurt the temple of God in the long run. I just got done working probably a couple of weeks. 60 hours. 50 and 60 hours. Did, did 50, 60 hours, I think, for two weeks. And 50 hours. 40 hours, 35 to 40 hours is content. Yeah, it doesn't make the money that we want. But again, are we born again the second time to make money or to glorify God? If we work ourselves to death and we tire ourselves just so we can have more things and we tame more things. We need to get back in America where there's some of the things that we own we're going to have to sell as a loss. Because there is nothing, repeat, nothing on this earth. Real estate, houses, nothing. Cars, RVs that appreciate to a point of unlimitedness. God himself is the only unlimited being because he's eternal. Everything, you know, all these houses that people keep buying and selling for a profit. Somewhere down the line, somebody's going to end up taking a loss because those prices can't continue to go up. They're never worth it. People in real estate want to attempt to uh, dispute. One, I'm not going to dispute because I shut you off and hang up the phone. Two, you better be coming at me with scriptural backup. You ain't going to find that in the scripture. Except greed and covetousness. But the only way you may find it. If you think you can find something different. Remember the warning. Um, those that think 
what is right in our own eyes is usually wrong. It's a proverb. I don't have the exact one scripture. Most of y'all heard it. I don't remember it exactly. I have one of that one every day. So again, let's walk, remember, celebrate Jesus' full work, which was the coming down to earth for us, born of this earth, which we celebrate today. When he walked by the Spirit, he would give us the living example that it's possible to see the temptations and walk through them, walk by them, run for them, flee for them, whatever they are, walk by the power of the Spirit. How to live life down here, according to Him, in Him. Show us about being born again, the second birth, which takes us into heaven. That's the birth that will take us into heaven, by His power, not our power. By His work, not our work. His, basically, gospel, born, uh, born in the flesh, suffering and dying on the cross for us. We could not have endured that. Only God Himself could have endured that. Nobody could have endured that kind of pain. You know, spikes going in your hands, staying up on a cro wooden cross, naked before everybody, before the world. Humility, suffering, no breath, no blood, no water left in him, completely dead, empty, barren. His burial, his resurrection three days later, with victory over death and over hell, and his ascension. All those things together. That's the gospel. That's what gets to heaven. His work and not ours. But there is a work that we have to do. It's present Him. Present our bodies, our living sacrifices of Romans 12, 1 and 2. And let Him use us and teach us, grow us, transform us into His image. We're going to be like Him when we get there. Not Him like us. We'll have a body like Him. Glorify a spiritual body in that state. Will not have any suffering, no more pain, no more tears, no more crying, no more heartache, no more worried about who we're gonna marry, no more worried about you know, where's my job? None of that stuff. It'll just be about him. We'll be with him forever. Whether we're probably bride or whatever, we'll be with him forever. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you for born again. Thank you, Lord, for your physical birth. Thank you for coming down to us, Father God, and showing us your great love and your grace and your mercy. Father God, I pray for the hearers, and I pray for myself also. Help us to walk by the Spirit. Help us to walk by your power, calling to your riches and grace and your glory. Father God, I pray for each one of these hearers, Father God, that you will help them to grow in the wisdom and knowledge and understanding of you and you alone, not the worldly stuff. I pray that you will continue to work through them and in them. I pray that you will continue to draw many to yourself through our walk, through our obedience to you, through our testimonies. It's not necessarily a physical obedience, but it's just a walking out our faith in you, trusting in you each and every day. I pray for strength. I pray for the... I praise you for all your needs that you meet. You provide food and nourishment to these bodies, Father God. You provide work for our hands, Father God. Um, you feed those that have children, Father God. You provide through, actually you even provide that through us. Through those that have children, Father God. Those that have stumbled before, you sent us lovingly to walk alongside them. Not to condemn them, but to walk alongside them. And say, okay, here, let's walk with God. Get back in step with God. And then when it was the right time, you moved us to somebody else that had a need. Now they were back walking with you. 
you may have physically moved us somewhere else to walk with somebody else that had the need, knowing they were walking with them. But the fellowship was is to be still there. Help us out to learn what to fellowship is. Fellowship can now, you made so many avenues, you allowed so many avenues, you use Facebook, you use texting, cell phones, you use emails, some, you letters are difficult sometimes, you if, if you're moving us to different locations, um, but that's even an avenue. But mostly it's picking up the phone call. It may not be a physical fellowship. If you're visiting in town, Father God, you can still provide needs through us. No matter where we're at, we can send gift cards. We can send cards. Father God, thank you for our love for us and the love for one another that you want to give us. Help us to get that love again. In Jesus' name. Love you all.